Hi everyone, this is a great opportunity for us to share again the message today. And we thank God for the privilege given to us in his presence to listen from him and to speak about his word. So without wasting much of our time, we're going to read the book of Luke chapter 18 from verse 9 to 14. But before reading that, when you look at the book of Luke chapter 18, actually from chapter 17 verse 11, we see Jesus is moving toward Jerusalem. And on his way, when we go now to chapter 18 from verse 1, we see that Jesus is talking to a group of people and he's using the parable, which means want to show the importance of persistence in prayer. And this parable is actually um, talking to these uh, people and telling them about this widow who were in need of justice. Now, because she was in need of justice, so she wanted to get uh, uh, justice from the judge because she was facing injustice. And then in, in that process, so she ended up uh, uh, getting justice after many try, many try. And this was an evil judge. And then he tried to uh, compare that with God who is good and saying that if the evil judge, after the, this persistence from this widow and managed to give her justice, how much the father, how much God we give justice to his elected one. But then on the verse 8, he's learning by saying, when the Son of Man will come, will he find faith? So we see here, Jesus is linking faith together with prayer and persistence of prayer. He's showing the importance of prayer, but he's linking that to faith. But then we're going to the context of the verse that we're going to see today, which is verse 9, from chapter 18, verse 9. And then there, we see now Jesus He's talking again to a group of people, and this group of people were people who had a, a sense of confidence in their own self-righteousness. And then to help them, he actually come up with a parable. And in this parable, that's what we're going to analyze this morning. So before that, we're going to read. So we read in the book of Luke, chapter 18, from verse 9, it says this, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, the robbers, evildoer, adulterer, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, Jesus said, that this man, rather than the other one, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Father, thank you for giving us this privilege to share your word. We know that your word is your heart for us. In your word, that way, we find what you want to speak to us, what you want to tell us. 
Your word expressed the heart desire for us. And this is a new year, 2023. We believe that with you, our journey will be smooth. We know that with you, we will get what nobody else can give us because your word gives life. Give us the grace to be able to uh, communicate your word with the help of the Spirit and give us ears to hear what you want us to hear and give us the heart to grab the message, to grab what you would like us to grab in this time. We thank you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as we read now, we saw that Jesus is talking to this group of people, this group of people who were confident in their own righteousness. Now, to help that, he came up with this parable. Now, in this parable, our first point is actually mentioning the Pharisees, comparing the Pharisees and the tax collector. So he's saying that, okay, there were the Pharisee and the tax collector, which was two people who went up to the temple to pray. Remember, this parable is being given in regard with what he has seen. He noticed that there were some people who were confident in their own righteousness, and they were looking down on others. So because of that, he gave this parable. Now in this parable, we see him showing this picture where there was a Pharisee and a tax collector. These are the two opposite sides of people. This is like a contrast. And when we talk about the Pharisee, we know that this Pharisee, there were people who were committed to keep the law. They, they had desire, these uh, 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 religious leaders, they were committed to make sure that there's nothing which came to uh, untrap or to try to disrupt or to try to bring something else which will distort the main reason or the, the, the purity of the law which was given to them by Moses because they believed this came from God. So they had good intention to protect that. That's why they have even what we call the oral laws, which were the law to try to facilitate, to interpret, and to fall into the context of what the actual Moses law was saying. So they had good intention. That's why we see even later on, in the time of Jesus, the Pharisees, they were trying to ask Jesus questions. All this was part of their daily exercise to make sure that they don't allow anybody to derive people from the truth. So this is what we call Pharisees. And because of that, they were popular. The lower class, even the middle class, they really uh, um, uh, loved these people. They loved the Pharisees. They were Pharisees, they were had influence in their city because of that. And they were helping people to, to, to try to, to, to practice the law of Moses, to keep the Jews and tradition. This is what we can understand about the Pharisee. And then on the other side, He's talking about the tax collector. Who was the tax collector? The tax collector, they were among the Jews, like the Pharisee, but this tax collector, they were actually hired by the Romans. We all know that when, this, uh, I mean, there was an invasion of Romans in Israel, and these Romans, when they invaded some of the parts of Israel, they were using, in that part, some of the Jews to go and collect tax from their brothers, the Jews, to collect tax and give it to them. And these guys, these Jews, they were seen as traitors in the eyes of their own people, the Jews, because these people, 
they now align themselves with the enemy, which was the Roman, to go and collect money, the tax. And listen to this, these people, not only they were collecting tax, but they even went beyond that, taking more than what they're supposed to, to take. That's what we see later on even in the Bible when you read example of Zacchaeus, how he acknowledged how he was taking more than what he's supposed to take from people, and he was ready to give it back. So this is the characteristic of the tax collector. So these people, they were seen as traitors, as the enemy to the eyes of the Jew. And on the other side, we got the Pharisees. And these Pharisees, they were people who were committed to keep the law of God. They were committed to keep the law of Moses. They were committed to keep the tradition of the Jew. They had these values. You know, they have these noble values to try to protect. They didn't want anything to come and contaminate uh, the law of Moses or the tradition of the Jew. So now we see here the tax collector and the Pharisees. These are the complete opposite side. On the other side, the tax collector, they are the traitors. They are these evil people. They've been even hurt. They were hurt by the, by the Jew because what they were doing was not right. They were betraying their own people. But then in this parable, Jesus is saying that these two people, they're all going to church. They're all going to the temple. I mean, <laughs> I'm using the, the, the term church here, but the temple. They're all going to the temple to pray. And we know in the Jewish culture, they were praying more than three times a day. And the temple was built for their fellowship, for their communion with God. And that's why the temple was there. And in the temple, we see that there was some stuff which were going on in terms of the service. There were even some rules. There were even, there were even some tradition. There were even some law which they were practicing there, following it up, because this was a place which was designed for that to happen, for them to interact with their God. So they were all going to the temple, this evil person and the Pharisee. But then we see that this picture, it actually go to the unusual. I remember uh, back home, we were in the church and anybody that is, uh, uh, anybody that they say is a witch, is taxed as a witch. Uh, in, I'm from the Congo, from the DRC. If they say you are a witch, everybody wanna run away from you. Nobody wanna mingle with you, whether it's your own children, your mama, your family, nobody wanna be close to you. Because we, everybody was scared that they will be uh, uh, contaminated. They will get that witchcraft from you. So they didn't wanna mingle with those type of people. And so these people, these witch uh, people, or these people taxed as witch, they were actually seen as not only evil people, but people that you should distance from them. And each parent would tell his children, they would tell us, please, don't go close to that person. They will make sure that everybody knows that that person is a witch, and we stay away. See, so we, we couldn't mingle with them. And now there was this woman, which was taxed as a witch. They were calling her a witch, and she was part of my church. So when you go to church in the morning, we were part of those people who used to go early in the morning because I was playing drums, and then my family were also involved in different things, and some were doing, the, they were ashes. So we found her, she's sweeping, early in the morning, she's sweeping, she's cleaning everything in the church. So she was very committed because she was living close to the church. But as when we arrived there, seeing her doing that, 
it really frustrates us. We had a lot of stress to see her there. We didn't like it. Because this is an evil person. What is she doing here? We, the one who's supposed to come here and pray because we are not rich. But why is she, what is she doing here? She's a danger to us. And we didn't want to see her near us. And whenever she would give us food or something, and this woman, she was a cheerful giver. Whenever she would come, she would give us food or something. She was always ready to give things to people, to share. That's how she was. But whenever she would bring it, we would take it and turn around, around the corner and throw it away. And why did we throw it away? Because we didn't, I didn't want to be, become a witch. We didn't want to, be, uh, to see one of our family become a witch, and she was a danger. So we, in our mind, in our heart, we couldn't place her in the same place where we're going. For us, this person, she's supposed to be not just far from us, she's not even supposed to be in the church with us. So it's a bit of picture that we see here uh, concerning the Pharisee and the tax collector. For the Pharisee, these are the good people. These are the only people. These are the people who are telling people, let's follow the rule of law. And on the other side, we got the tax collector. These people are involved in evil, in taking uh, money, taking tax from, from the Jew, taking advantage, even abuse it. So Jesus saying, these two people, they're all going to the temple to pray. And this is very, very important to us. Because sometimes in our perception, or in your perception, we think that it's only a certain category of people who must be in church or not others. But Jesus is actually saying here that they were all going to pray. So let's see now what's happened then. So we will start with the prayer of the Pharisee. So in the prayer of the Pharisee, he starts by saying, first, the, the Bible says that he stood by himself before prayer. He stood by himself. And then we will understand the context. We will understand the placement of these words. When you read down in his prayer, he's saying that I'm not like others. I'm not an evildoer. I'm not doing robbery. I'm not committing adultery. I'm a good person. And when we see what he's articulating here, we can see that what is in his heart, what is in his mind, it's actually what motivates him to stand by himself. He's going to the temple to pray. When he arrives there, he takes this posture where he wants to stand by himself, where he wants to be by himself. And because he believes that he's a good person, he believed that he's not like others. So he tried to isolate himself from others because he knows that he is a better person. And this was not good. All that because, remember, he says that this parable was given because of some people who were confident in their own righteousness. And because he were confident with his own righteousness, that gave him even a posture when he's going in the presence of God, when he's going to prayer, when he's being in a position of prayer, he starts by taking a position which is isolating himself from others. So in his mind, in his heart, because he sees himself different, he starts taking a physical position even when he goes 
to the temple, to the place of worship where other people are. And this is what is happening in the heart of the Pharisee. And this is, this is not right. This is not the way. We remember in, uh, in the temple, when you read uh, in, the book, in, in, in the Old Testament, we will see that the people were going with their own sacrifices. Even the high priest had to bring his own sacrifice for his sin. There was nobody, according to God, who's supposed to, to, be, to, to know, I mean, to feel holy or to, to be pretend, to pretend that he's holy. That's why there was a law that there should be a sacrifice of their own sin. Even the high priest, before offering the sacrifice of others, he had to sacrifice his own uh, sacrifice for his own sin. But we see the Pharisee here in his prayer, he's saying that I'm not an evildoer, I'm not a robber. I'm not doing committing adultery. I'm not even like that tax collector. So these are the things that has been uh, in his heart. So he's revealing them as he's praying in the presence of God, standing on his own, and he's trying to uh, justify, he's trying to compliment himself in the presence of God. So he doesn't even give himself a chance of God to speak to him to relate with him, to experience God, but we see him going in the presence of God full of himself. And later on, he also said, that's, I, I, I pay my, my, my tithe, and also I fast twice a week. So these things that he's mentioning, this work that he's mentioning, he feel like he's entitled to use them and to posture himself in the presence of God. So he brings all that in his heart as he's praying and he's complimenting himself in the presence of God. And this shows that he was full of self-righteousness. He was full of himself. Because our righteousness, the righteousness that we receive, it's pure a grace of God. Our talent, our gift, everything that we receive, it's been given to us by God. And the reason why he was in the temple to pray is because he needed God. That's why the temple was there. The temple was there for people who need God. If you didn't need God, there is no need for you to go to the temple. And who's God? God is the Almighty. God is the one who is, is, has all power. God is the one who has what nobody can have. God is the one who has a control, not just on our now, even on our tomorrow. But he come in the presence of that God, instead of leaning his heart toward God, but he's actually using what he thinks is good at to fill his time in the presence of God. And this really hinder him to experience God. You see, one day, I went to, uh, the, to do the, 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 the learner for my driver license. And then when I arrived there, uh, actually before going there, I was so confident of myself. I want to do my learners. And then uh, because I've been driving for more than 10 years, so I knew all the signs of the roads. So I knew that there's no uh, challenge that I would never overcome when I go to do my test. I knew that when I go to do my test, I will pass it straight because I was a good driver and I've been driving for more than 10 years 
here in Cape Town, not even in my country. So because the learners um, was actually due, I had to go and uh, register myself and then to go for it. So when I arrived there, I saw uh, some people who were in the queue with me and I was looking down of ma on many of them. Why? Because firstly, I knew I was a good driver and I knew all the signs. And most of those who were doing learners, you know, most of them, they were not even drivers. So I was so confident with myself. So when we arrived there, we're chatting with one guy, and this guy, he didn't even um, have a good English, excuse my word. So he, he, I, I, I had a low esteem of him because he, he, he didn't have a better understanding of things according to me, and I said, I'm better than this person. So I could compare myself as I was in the queue and have this complex of superiority that this place, I'll be among the first and leave all these people behind. And they were holding in his hands the K-53. What is the K-53? The K-53, that is the book that guide and help. Whoever wanna do the learner, you will go through it, and then once you read that, you have 90% of possibility to pass. But I was not interested in that. I didn't even want him to mention more of it to me because I was so confident of myself. I knew that I would pass, I trusted in my experiences. So when we went to do the test, to my surprise, the first 30 minutes, all the people were in the queue with me. They left, they finished, and remember, when we were doing your learners, um, at the back of the, the, of the hall where we were sitting, there was this guy who were there to correct, to correct. We were inspecting, also correcting our learners. So when you finish, you go to him, you give him a paper, and then he corrects, and then he say pass, and then you go. Everybody in the world could hear pass. Or if they don't say anything, you just go. That means you, you fail. So everybody was going there, even the guy that I thought that he's not smart. He actually finished earlier than me, and they say pass. And I was struggling on my paper. Because they, 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 they questioned, you know, they, they, the answers were almost looking the same. And I was confused. I didn't know. These were new things to me. And I didn't know what to do. I was so confused to the extent that they start saying, five minutes left. And imagine I had a lot of stuff which I didn't attend yet. Three minutes left, and I end up giving my paper. I didn't finish it all. And I failed on that day. And the, the lesson that I learned, I was ashamed of myself. The lesson that I learned there, it was for me to humble myself and to not come in that, in that test center for my learner with my own pride, with my own so-called knowledge, because I end up missing what I could, I could have done. Because to do that test, you must go for eye test. To do that test, you must pay your money. So I have to restart from scratch again. I miss it. I could have been a good driver, yes. But the guy there, even though he was not a good driver, he went to something which was helping everybody. But me, I refused to go through that because I had things in my heart which were saying to me, no, you are okay. And this is what we see with the Pharisee. The Pharisee thought that he was okay. And now, this is very sad because at the end of the story, we see that it's the tax collector who was justified, not, not, not the Pharisee. Let's try to examine the prayer of the, of the tax collector. So the tax collector, if we examine his prayer, is very short. He just say that, forgive me, have mercy on me, the sinner. That was his prayer. The Bible says he couldn't even lift 
his hand. He couldn't lift his hand and he stood at a distance. It means he was so conscious of his state, of him being a sinner. And he expressed that, he articulated that in his words, that have mercy on me. And when somebody says have mercy, it, it, this, this portrayal is showing that the person is aware that he doesn't deserve anything. Mercy is for those who don't deserve. So when he came into the temple, he came with this attitude, say in his heart, humbling himself and knowing that he needs mercy. He doesn't deserve anything. But he knew one thing, that he needs God. Because sometimes when we know that we are in a dark, the tendency is to try to be discouraged. But he was not discouraged. He went also to the temple. That's a good news. That is an encouraging word for those who feel like maybe because of what or this and that or your weakness, you try to distance yourself from God. No. Go closer to God. Don't let your weakness, don't let your limitation, don't let whatever is around you limit you to go in the presence of God. But the tax collector actually came with his state just as he were. Like Jesus said, come unto me with all your burden. So he went there, he was so aware of himself. And he, he, he started praying. He couldn't even lift up his hand because he knew that he had nothing to show to God. He only needed mercy and he said, I'm a sinner. And then um, the Bible says that he went home justified. Why? Because he had a humble heart. Because that is explained in the last verse where, on chapter 14, where it says that those who exalt themselves, they will be humbled. And those who humble themselves, they will be exalted. And this uh, tax collector was humbling his heart. He came in the presence of God. He came in the temple to pray. And he acknowledged that he needed the mercy of God. He was focusing on God, not on his weaknesses, not on himself. Compared to the Pharisees, the Pharisees let his good control him. But the contrast here is that the tax collector didn't even let his bad, his evil did control him. Actually, he used those evil, his state, to draw himself to God. So we could say here the Pharisee could even use his good deed to come in the presence of God, to acknowledge God for him having that. But instead, he owned that self-righteousness. Instead, he, he, he taught in himself that that was him. He manufactured it. He didn't acknowledge the need of God in his life, and he was not, because of that, not aware of his need. But the tax collector was well aware of his need because he put God at the proper place. So now, as we're going in 2023, this is the beginning of the year, and we all want to pray, want to engage God in our lives, but what is our approach? What is the posture that we would like to have? You know, God has many things in his heart because we belong to him. We are his children. God loves everyone. And God has things that he would like to do in your life and in my life. But our posture, when we come into his presence, is very important. The way we see ourselves when it comes to our relationship with God, it's very important. The Pharisee was 
very full of himself. He used those spiritual advantage. He used those uh, good deeds. He used his works. He used his good habit to control him and to blind him, not realizing and not listening to God or not receiving from God because he was already full of himself. But the tax collector was humble. So the will of God for us in this year is for us to humble ourselves, to learn to come in his presence, acknowledging him first as God. We are not. Like I said, in the Old Testament, when the law was given to them, they had to come to, with their own sacrifice for their own sin, including the high priest. The righteousness that we have is a gift from God. The good deed that you have, the good talent that you have, the gift that we have, all these things, even the life that we have, has been given to us by God. Now, how would you like ourselves to engage in his presence? How do we come in his presence? How can I allow myself to come in his presence and not miss what he has for me? We would like to move. We would like to succeed. We would like to progress. We would like God to be involved in our lives. But God is involved in helping only those who are humble in their heart. And this humility is vis-a-vis of God. This humility is vis-a-vis of God's word. When we allow ourselves to let the word of God speak to us, when we allow ourselves to let God speak to us as he sees us, not as we see ourselves, that will allow us to move in the right direction. The right direction that we need, only God knows it. So let us not allow the things that are enveloping us, which is our gift, which is our posture, which is our positions. Are you a pastor? Are you an evangelist? Are you a musician? Are you, you've been a Christian for, for 20 years, for 30 years? All those things are good. You're not involved in evil stuff. All those things are good. But the heart of God, it's for us to understand that he is the one who gives us all those things that we shouldn't revolve ourselves in, in, in the temptation of falling in self-righteousness. But we should give it back to God. Like Job saying, everything that I have came from him. So we must acknowledge that whether good or whether any situation that's happened, God remains God and we are not God. So as we are busy meditating and as we are even in our place of work, even in our friendship, in our family, can we allow God to be at the center of everything? Can we allow God to express freely himself in our life, in our family, in our dream, in our church, in our relationship with others? Can we give him the space? Because not only he want to bless us, but he want to do like what he did to Abraham. I will bless you and you will be a source of blessing. And it always God desire for you and me, not only to produce fruit, but for him to continue to shape us so that we can produce more fruit for others to come and enjoy it. So God doesn't even want us only to be in relationship with him, but there will be a nut flow that will uh, push us, that will lead us to be in contact with others and become a source of blessing. The Christianity is not an isolated 
spirit. Like we see with the Pharisees who want to isolate himself when he came to the temple. He took a posture which was unhealthy. So the good things that we're doing, the gift that we have, can also build pride, a sense of self-righteousness. And because it's already building that, and because it's evil, therefore it will lead us not only in pride, but in isolation with others. Now the question is, am I isolating with others? How is my interaction with others at work? How do I see other people, especially people that are lesser than me? People who maybe have an evil life in that way, and an evil life compared to me. How do I see them? When I go in a place, in a community, in a church to pray with others, how, how do I see myself? How do I relate with others? Do I give time? To God to speak to me through even children? Do I give time to God to speak to me through anything? Remember, God can use anything to speak to us. So we thank God that this year is going to do great things with us as we are preparing our heart, humbling our heart, and laying aside everything that uh, we, we, we think that we have. Everything that we have came from God's. Let, let, us, let us give him glory and let us continue to uh, allow him to speak to us. Let us continue to allow him to help us know, uh, be aware of our own need. Because it's only in that that we will grow. It's only in that that we will have peace of heart. Because when God speaks, peace speaks. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for giving us this uh, great privilege to share your word. We thank you because as we've been speaking your word, we believe that each and every one of us has received what you had for him because you are the author, the developer, and the finisher of our faith. Help us, Lord, to be people who are laying down even on our crown like it is with the angels in heaven. When they are in your presence, they remove their crown and they say, worthy, worthy, worthy you are. Give us the grace to not fall into this trap of self-righteousness, but to have a humble heart in your presence, humble heart as we meditate your word, to allow your word to speak to us. Anything that is between us and you, in terms of our character, help us to dump it. Let your spirit free our heart, free our mind, so that we can save our people, so that we can save our community, so that we can be good servants, so that we can be faithful with everything that you have given us. In Jesus' name we pray.